Welcome to the Pussy Centered Living Podcast. My name is Jenny Braxton. I'm a sexuality and empowerment coach, a sex, love, and relationship alchemist, and the founder of the School of Pussy Centered Living. This podcast is here to be your inspiration, your support, the education you always needed but never got, so that you can step into what I call pussy-centered living, which is a desire-led and pleasure-based way of living and creating your life that centers around the source of your true power, that which I call pussy. In this podcast, you're going to have the pleasure of hearing me speak solo and with guests on the wide range of topics that fall under pussy-centered living. Other weeks, you'll get a taste of my one-on-one coaching as I coach guest clients on all matters of pussy, pleasure, sex, love, relationships, and creating the life that you truly desire. There will be a lot of different ideas, perspectives, and beliefs shared on this podcast, and I invite you to stay open in your mind, in your heart, and in your pussy as you listen. Take what resonates with you and feel free to leave the rest. And I'm always willing to do better, so please share any constructive feedback that may come up for you. My desire is that you get turned on to the magic, the pleasure, and the power that is inherent within you, and to support you in creating the life you truly desire in a way that is pleasurable, sustainable, nourishing, and aligned with who you truly are. Hello and welcome back. I am so happy that you're here about to listen to this beautiful and powerful conversation that I had with a dear friend and sister of mine, Brigitte Yeruso Soto, who is a disruptive business coach among many other things. And you will hear about the other things as we get into this episode. Um, Brigitte is a just a really special human and I am so happy to have her here in this conversation where we talk about the intersections of pussy, pleasure, business, allyship, collective healing and how that fits with individual healing, disrupting systems of oppression, liberation, disrupting capitalism and patriarchy. Like we just really, really went into the things. And so enjoy this conversation. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's needed. And the real the the point that I really want to emphasize, I did emphasize this in the in the conversation with Brigitte, and I'm just gonna emphasize it again because it's so, so important. But pussy is not just about feeling good and pleasure and like being in a in a little bubble and taking bubble baths and buying ourselves roses. <laughs> like, yes, let's do all of those things, right? But pussy, the true power of pussy and pleasure is to be able to hold us in our discomfort, 
in the uncomfortable things, in the painful things, because this is the only way we can heal and change our world, the only way we can heal and change ourselves, right? We have to be able to sit in discomfort and to sit in challenge and pain and to move through our trauma, right? That is part of this whole game, this whole human journey. And when we're grounded and anchored in pussy and we can, we know how to use pleasure as a tool to support us in that, then it strengthens our capacity to sit in this discomfort and move through it. And so for me, this is what is truly at a core part of what is at the, the pussy and pussy-centered living revolution right, is that we can hold any experience and we can move through it connected to our truth in an empowered way and we can come out the other side of it with clarity, with right action, with empowerment. Pussy can hold the pain. Pussy can hold the discomfort. And even though we really, really, really want to avoid that stuff, we get to go through it. We get to be with it. We get to face it. We get to feel it. And that truly is the only way through, the only way to transform, the only way to heal, the only way to really create what it is you want. We have to, and we get to be able to sit in the discomfort. And Brigitte has given me quite a few opportunities to sit in the discomfort as we have had important and powerful conversations with each other for the last couple of years. And so I'm excited to now bring this conversation to you. Last thing before we dive in, I have space for a one-on-one VIP client which basically what that means is that I create and hold you in a very in-depth container of healing, growth, transformation in sex, in love, in relationships, in pleasure, in creating a life from pussy and empowerment, supporting women and non-binary humans in any of those realms. Um, It is deep, profound, beautiful container. I deeply love all of my one-on-one clients. And so if you are interested in taking this work to a deep, deep level that is personalized, that is deeply held, then go ahead and book yourself a Pussy Queen activation call with the link in the show notes. And we'll jump on a call together. You'll share with me what your desire is, what your challenge is. I'll share with you insight and reflections that I have from our conversation. And then if you desire to take the work further, then we can talk about that. There is never any pressure. So if you are interested in deep, personalized, trauma-informed, pussy-based, transformational coaching, go ahead and book a call in the show notes with the Pussy Queen activation call. And now enjoy this episode with Brigitte. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pussy Center Living Podcast. We are about to have such an on-fire conversation with my dear friend and sister, Brigitte Yeruso Soto. And 
I'm only going to say a couple of things here because then I want to turn it over to Brigitte so she can introduce her, her fabulousness to us. Um, but Brigitte and I have known each other for I don't know, a year, at least two years. No, more than a more year. Than, at, yeah. At least two years. At least two years. At least two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I forget exactly. I mean, we connected on Facebook. I know my, my friend, um, a dear friend of mine had been a client of yours before. And so that was, I think, maybe the original meeting. And then we ended up having some like pretty in-depth voice messaging back and forth, like right off the bat, yeah. just like right off the bat, we dived into some like pretty deep subjects. Mm-hmm. And you invited me actually to then take that further to get on a Zoom call where we just continued the conversations we've been having. And I would say we've been like really good friends and sisters ever since because they were some yeah. fantastic conversations. <laughs> so yes. I am so excited to now have Brigitte here, to have you here, and to now bring these conversations um, to a wider audience. And so thank you. Thank you for being here, Brigitte. Thank you, Mama. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. I got myself grounded and ready for our podcast with some pussy time and some yoga nidra. So I'm like super relaxed and a little bit more rested than when I started the the Mm. evening because it's already 7.45. Yeah, yes. Br- yeah, Bridget is joining us from Spain. So like hats off to you because at 745, my brain does not function enough to have a very cohesive conversation. So, so amazing that you're here. And I would love to start off by just inviting you to share with us um, what you do in the world, because what you do in the world is just truly fantastic. Thank you. So I'm a business coach and I work with what I call disruptive coaches, mentors, and healers, people who are on a mission to really disrupt systems of oppression in their bodies, in their pussies, in their businesses, with children, with child rearing, with relationships, dating, um, organizational cultural development, people who really care about looking at how we've been conditioned through patriarchy and supremacist culture to really keep ourselves polite and behaved and to not cause a fuss. And the people I work with are very, very deep into their journey of unlearning this conditioning. They're speaking up, they're speaking their truth, they're bold, they're taking risks. And in that work, they're really committed to personal liberation and collective liberation. And the people that I tend to connect most with are at the intersection of understanding that our own self-love and personal development can only reach a certain level of development or realization if the collective is still being harmed or mm-hmm. is unwell. And that these folks that are in, in, I'm in community with, like you, we understand that you cannot unhook from collective wellness through radical individualized personal liberation because it's just more of the same. And so I'm really blessed to be able to do business with people who are changing the industry from the inside out, people who are trauma aware, who are pussy based, who are focused on somatics, embodiment, moving things out of our bodies, through our bodies, feeling things and not bypassing, right? Spiritual people who are really committed to the shadow side of things. And so I get to help them with the most obvious, 
parts of the work, like selling and marketing and their messaging and speaking, speaking their message, sharing their offers, getting on stages, right? Clarifying the value and the impact of working with them, right? The stuff we worked on with your incredible program, right? The School of Pussy-Centered Living. And I also get to do this beautiful, deeper work in supporting my clients in their ongoing journey of personal liberation and unhooking from those systems of oppression. And it's been a long journey getting to this place of how I do this work as a business coach, as an advisor, as someone that's committed to uncolonizing and decolonizing, which is a whole separate part of the work that's really challenging for a person of white body privilege like myself who has a mixed identity, which we can talk about when we get into the deeper stuff. And, you know, it's been a long road of working in the global South in places like Guatemala and Peru, Mexico, you know, around the world and really understanding what the world is and not what the bubble is that we're shown living in the Western world and what Mm -hmm. media shows us and really understanding how people throughout the rest of the world really live and really thinking about how I can leverage my platform and my privilege and my business to bring attention to really important issues and not just bring attention to issues, but bring attention to the leaders who are doing something about those issues and not only support them in growing their impact initiative or growing their businesses or, you know, also helping the people that decide to hire me to see that in investing in their own business through my brand, that that wealth is going to be redistributed in the form of sponsorships or pro bono coaching or advising for, um, social impact entrepreneurs who are black indigenous people of color or who hold marginalized identities. Um, And more recently, my goal is to really give back to my mother's island of Puerto Rico and to find a way to really support the coaching industry and understanding that there is a much bigger impact that we can make when we focus on collective wealth and wellness and move out of hyper-individualism and really start to rethink what success looks like. And we actually can be more self-realized and fulfilled and successful because that is really the ultimate truth of the construct of what brings about our health and our happiness and our wellness is when the collective is well, we're well, right? So that's the direction I'm moving in. And it's a very, very imperfect, fucking messy, non-linear, lifelong journey to build a business at the intersection of, of all these things, right? And so I feel really privileged to get to do this work and get to be in community with the kinds of people that I work with and to get to live a good life doing work that I love, which is something I don't really take for granted. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And yes, I have worked with you as my business coach as well. And you are just... I. I so deeply appreciate this intersection at which you work, right? Because it is so, you know, it is easy in, especially in the coaching industry in the kind of like the personal development and, and also like spiritual spheres, right. To be very focused on our individualized liberation, which I, I, I do like, we do have to start there, right? Like, I do think that it is very important that we, we have to start within our own bodies and with our own experiences, right. To shift, but to really highlight that, like, that it is, it is part of, of the collective, right. And that, and that our personal liberation, like you said, it is only so far we can go if, if that is lacking in the collective around us. And, and, you know, for me, like 
pussy is so at the core of this as well, because, because at the core pussy is, is, is sisterhood is community pussy is generous right right and that is the whole when pussy centered living when we are filled up from this source when we are in our pleasure then we we literally can give and be part of this collective in a way that is sustainable and that we are not mm-hmm. overgiving because i would imagine that that is actually something that you probably encounter a lot with the people that you work with right these incredible humans so heart centered so putting their love out into the world and i can imagine that you see a lot of like actually overgiving and coming from a place of not maybe sustainable. Um, I'm curious, actually, is that, is that something that you're the people that you work with experience? Absolutely. And it's something I myself work on, you know, consistently and check in with myself. I think that, you know, one of the things that it's important to look at is the colonial wound, the wound of colonization, the wound of modernization, industrialization, of our society and how we live and work and push ourselves and how we're conditioned to think that we're only valuable if we're productive and we Mm -hmm. get stuff done and we're only worthy if we've earned it right by working to produce something because that's what toxic capitalism conditions us and codes us to believe from birth you want humans to think of themselves as a machine It can get as much as it can possibly get done. And even as we're on this journey of personal liberation, we may be consciously making shifts, but we have subconscious programming Mm. and conditioning. And these, this colonial wound can show up in different ways, depending on our identity, our proximity to whiteness and privilege, or our marginalization in terms of identity, right? And so, for example, for myself, as a white-bodied woman who presents to other people and the world as a white person and who is treated as a white person in the world, I have a dual construct of colonial wound in that there's a part of me that feels guilty for having the privilege that I have, for looking the way that I have, right? Because my mother was Puerto Rican. She was born in Puerto Rico. And my grandmother was born in Puerto Rico, and she was probably, based on my DNA, my mom's DNA, my abuela was probably close to 40% indigenous, Taino. And um, she never learned to speak English and came to the U.S. with nine kids and had a pretty challenging life. And I have some connection and experiences with marginalization through my mom's story and through her trauma and what she lived in a family where there was sexual abuse, where there was harm as a result of generational trauma. You know, the trauma that my lineage comes from is really, really complex. And so this work is about connecting with and healing those parts of ourselves from a very human lens and embracing those parts. And that means looking at how we may feel guilt or shame about having things come easier. And so we may overcomplicate things, right? And then there's people for whom things don't come easy and looking at how we may be gaslighting those people because we're only conditioned to look through the lens of our experience, right? So my experience as a privileged woman who's mixed is very different from a person who's potentially visibly indigenous and grew up in a community where their family system was disrupted in a much larger scale than mine 
where their land was taken, their culture was stripped. They have a, another level of intergenerational trauma that I personally have not experienced and may have continually throughout their journey experienced barriers that I will never face. And so for me, there's also this work of being mindful of our individual unique lived experience based on our identities. And just because our experience is one thing doesn't mean that someone else has a similar experience. And so for me, it's like, you know, this is a really nuanced yeah. conversation yeah. about, you know, this idea of overworking, hustling, pussy-based, pleasure-based living, pushy-based, pleasure-based business. It is an absolutely beautiful construct. And it is a construct that can be fulfilled to varying degrees based on our levels of privilege, right? So for me, I live in this beautiful home in Spain. I have money in the bank. I have passive income. I have investments. I have a partner. I have someone to help me with my children. My capacity to fill my cup, lean into pleasure, lay in bed and masturbate in the middle of the day, take a bath, go to the gym, sit in the cold plunge, then the jacuzzi, spend two hours at the gym, right? Exercising, getting dressed, going to the spa, coming home, working two hours, having someone else take care of dinner, right? It's beautiful, right? Like this movement of doing business in particular this way, right? Which is where we're anchoring this conversation. And our capacity to do those things for ourselves is really determined by privilege. And I think that for me has been one of the places where I have felt conflicted mm. in this movement as I've seen it connecting to business, mm. where I feel like there's a pretty wonky retrofit that can happen with certain movements when this movement started with the goal of disrupting the harm of patriarchy and women embracing their sexuality and taking up space and bragging and allowing themselves to feel and have and be more without guilt and shame yeah which is so important is it's part of the core right of disrupting systems of oppression yep. but in order for us to disrupt the patriarchy we have to look at disrupting white supremacy yeah and that's where the conversation gets uncomfortable yeah. and more difficult because it's easy and fun and sexy to talk about disrupting the patriarchy Mm -hmm. But it becomes less fun to then bring the lens of looking at it through how do we unhook from whiteness and white supremacy and really understand what that means, which is often conflated and it's confused. So we'll get into that more deeply, which I see like the, the pathway is there mm -hmm. and the potential mm -hmm. to leverage this, this movement. Mm -hmm for these bigger social changes. And that's really how you and I started our relationship. Yep. I mean, basically this, this intersection, this conversation is how we met. I posted something about a critique at the intersection of pussy and business, not around a specific person, 
-hmm. but a specific movement, right? Mm -hmm. It just so happened that the things I said are things that people who are in this pussy-based business movement may also represent or show. Like my post was really about this specific point around privilege. Like if you can afford to buy boxes of flowers and chocolates and champagne and afford to stay in a hotel for a week and like do all these things, that's incredible. And that's not the reality for so many people. And I think I, for me, there was a place where I felt like pussy and pleasure was getting conflated with consumerism Yeah, yes. and buying and having more and spending more money as the path to pussy and the path to pleasure. And I think that is the danger, no matter who we are or what we're selling. And I count myself in this is when we are selling any service product or commodity and we are tying it to a social justice movement, something that originated as a social justice movement, which the pussy movement really is a social justice movement for women's liberation, right? Yep. It's very hard for things not to go somewhat off the rails once it tangles with capitalism. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really, really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so glad that you actually, now that you said that, I do remember that is how, yeah, I commented on that post and then you invited me into deeper conversation and you're right. That is how it happened because, because for me, you're right. This is like, shall we say, this is like the toxic distortion of the capitalism coming in that shifts the pussy and pleasure movement, shall we say to, yeah, pleasure having to be a commodity that we have to have, yeah, money resources to buy, right. To be able to tap into it. And, and that's why I think probably what my comment was and what we ended up having this further conversation is that, that for me, you know, I see the, what really is pussy, what really is the invitation for us here, right. Is to, is to deepen into these, these inner resources, right. This like that pussy and pleasure is something that is inside of us and that truly, Unfortunately, it is actually a privilege, right, for us to be able to tap into it in many ways, but it is our birthright. Like it should not be a privilege, right? It is our birthright to anchor into this. And, 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 you know, we've also talked a lot about how you know, in that more, um, like pussy is like pleasure and like, yay. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of in those bubbles, right. When we then bring up these pieces of, well, what, how, how is our privilege influencing, influencing this? Like, is this really Mm -hmm. available to everyone? And, and that people have a hard time having those conversations, right. We've talked a lot about white fragility and, and the experiences that you in particular have had, because you are a fucking like pussy rock star at reaching out to people and, and inviting people into these beautiful, deep conversations. And so I know you have such direct experience with this, right? But really the, the, what we, what we get to access here in pussy is this ability to anchor so deeply into our pleasure and our power that we can have these uncomfortable conversations, these very necessary, essential conversations. Yes. And And that's why I think the pussy movement and the pussy based framework is literally a perfect place to start if we're people of white body privilege because Mm -hmm. ultimately pussy is about not like you said just the pleasure and just the happy side but it's the shadow side of pussy right it's the 
deeper spiritual healing. It's understanding that we can be in the swamping, we can be in the darkness, we can be in the in the feelings of overwhelm, shame, guilt, any of the feelings that are not comfortable to hold. And if we can learn to transmute them, to metabolize them, to move them through our bodies, right, with pussy-based practices, then we can build this level of comfort, safety, and neutrality in our bodies, which is really ultimately at the core of collective liberation work, anti-liberation work, right? It is about our capacity to hold and move through really uncomfortable experiences and feelings. What comes up for us when we're presented with things that challenge our construct or our worldview or our perception of what is and to not get into a state of fight or flight, not to get triggered, to be able to like be in the work, be in the conversation and going back to your previous point, not get burnt out, not get overwhelmed. Like I work with Maisha Hill, who's one of the hands down best anti-racism coaches for white women in all the universes. And I've been in connection with her as a good friend, as a colleague, as a mentor for many, many years now, probably the entire life of my business at this point, probably close to seven years. And, you know, Maisha's work is really about embracing our humanity and connecting with ourselves and healing our way forward. Mm out of this work of disrupting systems of oppression and healing racism and healing systems that harm other bodies. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it does have to start with ourselves. Otherwise we are simply recycling harm and trauma because we haven't learned to metabolize and transform our own harm and trauma. Right. And as white women, I again, count myself in this, even as a mixed woman who holds some indigenous ancestry as white women, we have been generationally so harmed and disempowered and marginalized and oppressed for so long. It is not a finger snap wave a magic wand. It's done type of, process and journey. It's like, for me, this pussy movement is like laying that foundation to have the tools to then go into these deeper layers of really looking at unpacking fragility and looking at this. So this is where this, I'm going to get right at the complexity between pussy and unpacking white fragility. Please. Yes. There is a space where I think some white women may get lost or confused in the journey of personal liberation to think that it's about comfort Mm. Mm. and being free from discomfort. Mm. Mm. I think there's some people that not consciously, right? Right. Their conditioning is such that they are still seeking comfort, Mm. freedom Mm. from discomfort or conflict Mm-hmm. or icky things. Mm-hmm. And so whiteness can be violent in its silence, in its avoidance of addressing harm and discomfort. Why? Because as white people, if we ever spoke up against certain systems of oppression or harm, or if we ourselves were participating in it, right, we couldn't. We weren't empowered to speak up. 
that's why so much of white feminism is problematic because white women uphold white supremacist systems, empower people of privilege and white men in particular, we protect them and protect those systems unconsciously because we're protecting ourselves in that harmful system because we were harmed, right? The thing to remember about all of this is everybody, all of humanity was harmed by these systems of oppression. Exactly. And those who hold the most marginalized identities were harmed the worst and continue to be harmed while those of us who hold more privileged identities actually benefit from the harm, even if we're not consciously aware of it, right? And so that's where this discomfort is in not acknowledging and talking about things that are really difficult to talk about, right? Like, in, I will drop another name of a really close friend of mine, Leah Ardent, and she's, you know, a spiritual business coach, and she's having really important and, and challenging conversations with, with women, white women in the spiritual community. And I think for me, one of the, the biggest challenges I see in the community is that there's so much desire and intention mm. to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then to also look like we're doing the right thing mm. by saying the right things and saying we care. Mm -hmm. but the work is not about how we perform, how we show that we care, how we say that we care. The work is in the self-reflection. Yeah. It's in looking at our own behaviors, our own subconscious pro programming, how we're upholding systems of oppression, whether we're not aware of it or not, it's being available for someone to shine a light, put up a mirror and maybe show us uncomfortable things that we don't want to see or talk about. And the biggest challenges I see in this online space and in even in this movement, in some of the conversations I've had with other women or even tried to have is that there is a appropriation and a weaponization of the idea of sister wound or witch wound mm. to not create or allow space for difficult conversations, for conflict, or for constructive critiques. Like it's got it to a point where I've had moments where I have presented a critique of something not, and, and when I say critique, I'm like, have you thought about this? there's two sides to this. Let me say where this is good and where this is problematic. And someone will literally say, this is an attack. This is so negative. Look at you shaming and judging. And I'm like, what in the actual pussy are, is going on right now? Like, really? If I mean, this is a problem in the industry, right? Like there, it's gotten to this level of like heightened fragility because why? This is the uncomfortable truth. Yeah. There's a lot of shady shit in our industry. And lots of us are participating in subtle forms of coercion and manipulation for business purposes because we have to make sales, because we're showing up online, because we're presenting certain parts of ourselves and not others. And even though we say we are showing all the parts. We're not because it's social media, right? And, and then when, again, the goal and the purpose and the intention is tied to making sales, there's a lot of complexity and challenge, right? To tease things out and figure out like what's really going on in the mix. And a lot of what's going on is subtle manipulation and subtle coercion of certain types of movements 
that in and of themselves are powerful and transformational, but they get distorted through the lens of capitalism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been having dozens of conversations um, with women who have tried to build their businesses at the intersection of pleasure and business and pussy and business. And I need to say this thing that I've been in a space of deep analysis around this again as someone who leans into pleasure and pussy and has these privileges and does these things on a daily basis right there is a danger in conditioning women to believe that their businesses and their business success is virtually entirely tied to their pussy and their pleasure Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. for lots of complex reasons because if we truly want to be in a space where we have sustainable businesses that pay us well that give us the financial resources to be able to invest in the systems and the support we need mm-hmm. to take care of ourselves and resource ourselves so that we can do this pussy-based work to mm-hmm. be resourced physically, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically, right? Which is what pussy is about. Mm-hmm. It's about resourcing yourself, mm-hmm. putting yourself first, pouring into yourself first. Your business can't rely on your pussy. Yeah. And you have the capacity to do that. When I have spent months unpacking and discussing this with so many women who have failed at this intersection and why. And I just want to just to like articulate and clarify that what you're really saying here, this, this intersection where, where women are failing is when we, when we are counting on our pussy power and all the energetics and emotions and everything that goes into that, the body, the body to be the thing that is actually creating this successful, sustainable, thriving business that there are exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just wanted to, And and it can be any of these movements. It can be the embodiment movement, the somatic movement, the movement of energetics like so many people push this narrative that getting to seven figures is just about energetics i hear this all the time me too or it's just about healing your shadow trauma it's all about transmuting the trauma in your body so nothing is wrong with any of these methodologies to support you in your business i need to say this as clear as day pussy yes Transmuting trauma and metabolizing it, yes. Somatics, yes. Spiritual healing, yes. Shadow healing, yes. These things as the primary rooting, grounding foundation of a sustainable business, no. Mm. Mm. These are the supports for you as a human to do the things that you need to do to build a business as a system and an entity separate from your human system. Mm -hmm. Because when you build your business with and around your human body system, and that system shuts down or fails for any reason, your business doesn't function. Yeah. And I've seen this burnout in so many people, myself included. And it's because not enough business coaches, advisors talk about what businesses really need 
to become sustainable and structurally sound because those things don't sound pussy. They don't sound spiritually fun. They don't sound sexy. They are things like SEO and videos and evergreen trainings and funnels and running Facebook ads and building teams and building standard operating procedures and workflows and all the things that nobody wants to talk about because that doesn't sell. That's not exciting. Yeah. And when I have conversations with women that come out of any myriad of programs, I just gave you five constructs in the coaching industry, right? Five big ones within which there are hundreds of subconstructs in each of those, right? Anti-hustle, flow-based, feminine energy-based, right? We can go on and on. There's tons of labels for these things. There are great parts of these methodologies and what most of them are not necessarily unintentionally missing. I actually believe there's an intentionality in some of these things to hook us into needing to use our bodies and our pleasure and our energetics to sustain our businesses because we will always need a coach in a community to hold us if that's how we're building our business. Mm. If a coach or a business advisor helps you build a sustainable separate system outside of your body that starts to run itself, you don't need constant coaching and community. You don't need to keep re-enrolling into the same space to keep failing together and celebrating failing over and over again. Mm. Mm. And failure is a normal part of entrepreneurship and it's beautiful to normalize it, right? And all of these movements are really powerful at destigmatizing failure, which is again, going back to the deeper conversation we're having, mm-hmm. destigmatizing, fucking it up, making mistakes, having failures and being imperfect humans. That's the core of all of it, right? That's the core of healing the trauma of racial violence. That's the cure to healing the wounds of patriarchy. That's the cure, right? To healing the collective is when we can destigmatize and take the shame away from our humanity and still find self-love and love for others in our imperfection, in our wounding, and in the mistakes that we will continue to mistake until we heal our way forward, as Maisha's book so beautifully frames the work, right? We have to fumble forward and heal our way forward messily. There is no clean, simple. So again, I'm not here. So this is where, again, like some women might be listening, being like, is she putting this stuff down? Is she um, attacking? Right. Because this is where the fragility comes. Like, is she attacking these things? Well, I'll just share my own experience, actually, for a little bit, because I have been in I mean, I started my business journey like six years ago and it wasn't always pussy center living like I've gone on some different tangents and things, but right. Six years. Right. And I know exactly what it is that you're talking about, right? This this idea, because it's like, because yes, the energy is important for us to create what we want in the world, whether that is a business or whatever, but we are talking yep. specifically about business here, right? We need those energetics. We, we need that, all of that stuff. We need that trauma healing. We need those somatics, like everything that you just said, like, yes, 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 yes to all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, I, I speak from my own experience, like there is a 
a seduction in that where, you know, me coming with literally zero business background, zero online background, zero background with making money. Yeah. (laughs) So for someone like me, like thinking like, oh, I can just do it all on like my energetics and doing sex magic. And I can create the sustainable, amazing business and attract everybody in. And it'll just be like, great. Like, that is so like, yes, I want that. <laughs> what you mean? I don't have to get into the like numbers and the business stuff and like figure all that stuff out. Like, okay, great. Like, yeah, I don't know how to market. So I might as well just sit around and orgasm. <laughs> and you know what that did is it, it caused me to invest thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt that, yeah. and, it, and it did not help me build that sustainable business. Right. And it really yeah. is. And, and I think what you just said, you know, actually the way that you said it just really like, unhooked it actually in this moment in my mind, how you were, because, because still like, even when we have the business systems and all the things like the energetics, the, the pleasure, like I, that's part matters. Is still so important. Absolutely. Like that matters. Right. Because yep. before, I mean, I, this wasn't around business, um, necessarily, but before the way that I would have gone about things would be to like, okay, let me only do, you know, the strategy yeah. and the logical steps. And, yes. the, and I'm going to, yeah, the, the burnout we were just talking about, I'm going to push yep. myself and I'm going to push myself. Yep. Stop and I'm like, da, 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 da. Yep, yep. like that also doesn't work. Yep, but I think yep. what you're saying here is just so, so vitally important. And clearly we are, you know, like me, my audience isn't only entrepreneurs, but like there, you know, this is just so important piece of it is that we do have to have like actual business systems and setting those pieces up. And like you said, it's not as sexy, but like it is so fucking necessary. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up and, and yeah, exactly where if, if somebody is sitting here and feeling like, oh my gosh, is she says, wait, wait, so pussy power doesn't work. Wait, so we shouldn't. Like, yeah, no, of course. It's like, like, we want to be really careful and remind ourselves that when we're starting this journey, right. Of self-expression, of putting out our vision in the world of creating what we desire, right. Which is a big part of the shiny side of pussy right? Which is that when we are able to unhook from the self-judgment and the beating ourselves up about the fucking mistakes and we can embrace doing things imperfectly and we can just roll with it and just like learn as we do and not overthink it and just move through the feelings. All of that is so fucking good. And what I think it's best for is that early stage of the energy, the creation, the embodied birthing of the vision and the body of work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you got to get that shit out and you're going to need these tools. Yeah. Yeah. And you're always going to be in a space of creation and needing those tools. Right. But then without the supports and the systems and giving adequate attention to the separation of the body Mm -hmm. from the business. Mm -hmm. Right. And almost the vilifying or the demonizing of the quote masculine parts of building a system or sustainable business, which I'm going to take issue with. And I'm going to go there right now. One of the biggest challenges I have also is this like Westernization and genderization of the conflict, Mm -hmm. conflated ideas of like feminine and masculine, which are just energies. And this kind of ad hoc putting of parts of a business and parts of a creative process into the masculine and feminine boxes in ways that actually don't make any sense because it drives me bananas because for me the earth madre tierra and pachamama is the most fucking scientifically complex nuanced 
well-designed, highly fucking engineered system you can ever find. And indigenous cultures were not these like simple groups of people that lived these like rustic lot. No, these were like obscenely sophisticated people with obscenely sophisticated systems to organize every aspect of their lives from the reading of the stars and the seasons and crops and agriculture and how they use sacred design to build spiritual structures and buildings to keep themselves connected with the sacred and holy shit, right? Like highly sophisticated peoples, all systems, not all systems are masculine. And so this is another distortion that I think really harms pussy holders in their vision and in their work and putting themselves out in the world is like this rejection of systems as harmful or masculine or unpussy or ugh versus like, how do we embrace the systems and build them in ways that honor pussy and our rhythms, just like our ancestors did. They had systems and structures and routines the things were not ad hoc and why because as humans and you see this with children and we're no different than children we thrive with ritual and routine and systems and when we don't have them we suffer but we may tell ourselves a different story because going back again to this point toxic capitalism being conditioned to work hard and hustle it it conditions us to to hate systems and routines and structures Mm -hmm. because the ones we were subjected to were so fucking harmful Mm -hmm. colonial systems capitalist systems are horrible for human bodies yeah and pussy holders get it really fucking bad in that system because they're also birthers and caregivers of children Mm -hmm. right so they have to deal with all that shit and figure out how to try to keep their bodies safe and even create space for anything for themselves. Right. And so then we reject systems because the systems that we've been conditioned into are fucking horrible, Mm. not realizing that we get to redefine and recreate systems and we get to relearn and indigenize Mm. our systems Mm. and go back to ways of living that at the end of the day is really what's going to heal the collective. Yeah which is divesting of these colonial ways of living, which is so hard. It's so complicated. There is no on off switch. There is no easy way out. And again, how, how much access we have to space to reject the colonial timeline, reject schedules is tied to privilege too. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's some fucked up irony in that the people who hold indigenous and marginalized identities who ancestrally are still so closely tied to the people that lived without these colonial constructs are those who may have less access to the opportunity to reclaim space and time yeah and naps like this incredible person that does the nap ministry which is all about rest as a form of liberation right which i quoted and i forgot to put in my email that you know, rest as a form of liberation is is something that's been used by lots of liberatory experts and educators. Which really, I think, again, pussy is that's what pussy is based in. Yeah, rest, 
and being resourced. I mean, it's an important part of that cycle, right? Like in our, our menstrual cycle, right? It shows us that it's not, it's not the only thing. Like we don't always, always, always like need to be resting constantly, right? We have times when we, well, <laughs> I mean, there's always, a, right? let's do some action, then let's take a rest, but we can't always, if we're always resting, then we're never taking the action, right? It's part of the cycle. It's an important phase that gets, that is not included in our capitalistic you know, systems, right. Where it is just that constant production, like we've been talking about. Um, and I do want to just go back to what you were saying about like, yeah, the masculine, the feminine and, and systems. And I love how you just articulated that, right. I've, I've never actually like thought of it in that way, how it teaches us to like hate the system, right. Because that, I'm for good reason, yeah, for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not <laughs> systems to be <laughs> excited about. Yeah. And celebrating. Yeah. And I, and I love what you said too, about this whole, you know, yeah, I know the, the words masculine and feminine it gets used so much and talking about energetics and people do relate it to like, oh, it means man, woman, but it really does not. And we could just, we could just, we could just use the words yin and yang, right? Because like you said, we're talking about energetic forces and we use the word feminine to, to talk about this one type of force, this one type of energy. And we can use the word masculine to talk about this other force, but it has nothing to do with men and women. Like do men, men often have maybe more masculine energetic qualities. Like, yes, do women often, but not always, but definitely yeah. not always. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's where it can get kind of a little conflated, but I just want to go back to saying that, you know, when we, t you know, I think it's essential that we do center pussy and that we center mm -hmm. the, the feminine or the yin energy, right? Because mm -hmm. this is the energy that has been repressed, suppressed for all of these centuries, right? That is, you know, when you talk about the, the indigenous cultures and the indigenous systems, right? They had like puss, the, the feminine, the masculine, shall we say, we're just naturally in the perfect balance and harmony that they're meant to be in. And that's really the type of world that we need. That is what creates sustainable, harmonious living. It's not about pussy being, being above anything else or like only be wanting to be in our feminine energy. Right. And like, yeah, puts like, yeah. you know, equating the masculine energy with, with toxicity or, oh, that's negative bad. always yeah. negative. No, Which but what's very happened, different. That's wounded. That's a very exactly. wounded, traumatized masculine exactly. energy. That's not what masculine exactly. energy is. And why is that? And, and in the way that I see it, understand it, like, why is that, that masculine energy? And so it was wounded, toxic distortion, right? Because we have such an imbalance, right? With this extreme yep. repression of the yep. feminine, it's created these incredibly toxic distortions, yep. which, which create all of the, the yep. tangible toxicity we see. Right. And so and I, everyone's I suffering that, in it. Men are suffering, suffering so yes. much as well. And absolutely. Absolutely. They need empathy and support and healing, not vilification. I mean, it doesn't mean tolerating harm from men and it means mm. having strong boundaries, mm. but it also means like moving away from that kind of like toxic old school white feminism, which is mm -hmm. like, you know, rejection of the man and the masculine. And it's super harmful because ultimately we can argue that men were potentially harmed the worst in some ways, which is what caused them to become the oppressors and to harm. Ooh, I just got a so, many, oh, so many chills all over my body, actually. You know, yeah. <laughs> emasculated, traumatized men that have been harmed are who perpetuate more harm. And it's because mm -hmm. they themselves have been so harmed and mm -hmm. they've been stripped of their comfort with the sacred feminine and what they get to have as their birthright mm -hmm. to be feeling deep, multifaceted, fluid humans. They've been conditioned to force themselves into something that is really a harmful construct for them. 
And so many men unconsciously live this pain every day mm. and don't have an awareness, right, of how they've been harmed and how they continue to cause themselves and others harm in that construct. And, you know, going back to indigenous cultures, there's so much nuance and, and distinction among indigenous cultures throughout all the different parts of, of the world, different continents. There's matriarchal and patriarchal indigenous cultures. There's indigenous cultures where, you know, um, women were historically in more masculine or mm -hmm. quote technically stronger roles in the culture and everything in between like my my culture um the people that the spaniards call the the taino which you know a lot of um puerto rican people who are reclaiming the boricua terminology which is the island that it was called boricua borican before it was colonized from what i know we did have balanced leadership among the Boricua and we had very strong female leadership and ultimately the men were slaughtered and trigger warning, the women were raped and my, my ethnicity, my cultural heritage is a byproduct of colonization and rape yeah. and bringing slaves to the Island of Puerto Rico Right. So if we want to get down to like the roots of the harm of where this all started, you know, for me, this work is so important because when I just think about my very identity, you know, the identity that I hold, the, the work that I'm doing inside my own pussy, inside my own body to heal, it's at the intersection of realizing that within my DNA exists the oppressed and the oppressor mm -hmm. and that I am literally the, the I've been birthed out of that trauma. And it's not to say I'm any less of a human. I'm an incredible human. I love myself. I love my pussy. I love my way of being in the world. I embrace all of my imperfection and all of my healing journey. And I also get to sit with the real loving discomfort of knowing that that's something that I was birthed from that level of trauma and harm. You know, I'm Spanish by colonization, not I'm not indigenous to Spain, right? Like my my ancestors were forced to quote intermarry with the conquistadores that came from Spain and Portugal. And um the leadership of the Boricua people became feminine because the, the, again the men were killed mm. to mm. remove the threat. Mm. So it was really just the women left and some African slaves ultimately that the Spaniards allowed to live. And it was Anacoa, which is a, one of the greatest women in the history of the Boricua. She's historically one of the more important tribal leaders. She actually took on leadership for other places, other indigenous tribes, other indigenous communities from that quote, America's region. They relied on her for leadership. And she is the one that negotiated the marriage settlement with the Spaniards to ensure that my to ensure that my ancestors weren't fully exterminated yeah. Yeah. and so she was a really strong masculine leader and feminine leader in that she she negotiated and she understood that she had to um, ensure the survival of her people yeah. And she came in and negotiated hard to, to, to keep her people alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, there's a lot of, of strength of women's leadership from original cultures. And again, it's how do we reclaim strength and power in a balanced, aligned way? Yeah. So that we can be leading from pussy and leading from a space of acceptance and love without falling in the boat and tipping to the other side of falling into coddling comfort mm-hmm. and avoiding difficult, uncomfortable conversations or avoiding even being confronted with things about ourselves, yeah. the things that are coming up through the work in the world of being visible of being in a public space online, of sharing about our personal journeys. For me, part of the power of pussy is learning to just like roll with shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and learning to like energetically discern what and how we respond to things. And there are some things that people bring to my attention that are really important and they're not comfortable. And I know where to give my energy to that. And there are things that people will bring to me that I'm just like, nope, not doing it. Like, just because I trust myself at this point. And that's part of pussy too, right? It's like really starting to learn to lean into that trust and that felt sense of knowing, you know, what is and isn't important. And again, I think to like wrap it back up to our conversation that we wanted to start, you know, and come back to is like, if we care about the collective and we care about collective justice and racial justice and healing the collective, there really is such an important need for looking at how to balance our personal liberation and our personal wellness, our Mm. personal wealth, abundance, pleasure, joy with how is all of that intersecting with how is the collective doing around us and it's very easy when we are in a place of privilege to just unhook Mm. from what's going on in the world because we can yeah if I don't want to think about what's happening in Gaza right now I don't have to yeah yeah but because I'm a person that's connected to pussy and connected to the collective and connected to the truth of who we are that we're all humans I can't And that means making space for crying and feeling like shit and getting angry and screaming at your wall or just calling someone or, you know, venting and talking about how, you know, outraged we are, which is important to speak out and speak up and talk openly and share our views about what's going on in the world. And that's what we present outwardly. Like you said, again, going back to the whole point of this whole conversation, back to the very beginning, it's coming back to truth. It's coming back to pussy, right? We also have to look at our part in the system, Yep. how we participate in it, how we consciously or subconsciously uphold different systems of oppression just by centering and protecting our own comfort. And I think, again, this is where we have to be really intentional and mindful in this work with pussy in all of its incarnations, whether it's in business or in sexuality or in relationships or in parenting, all the places, right? To look at how do we use these powerful tools in a way that is mindful 
of the intersection between our personal liberation and our personal wellness with that of the collective. And again, this is like not easy to have a conversation about in, in just over an hour, but I totally. think like, yeah, we're, we're getting, we're getting started on the conversation. And I, certainly I feel like, you know, we've touched on some really important things. And I just think that my vision and my prayer for this work is that women who are drawn to this pussy movement can see the fullness and the depth of the potential and the possibility for this particular type of work to really help us yeah. be better allies and really help us play a part in shifting things where we can hold space for discomfort, where we can take care of ourselves and move through really difficult shit, where we can show up and like you said, take action and take care of ourselves and learn to do these things in balance so that we don't get burnt out and ghost the journey like Maisha says. Yeah. And if you, you know, and if yeah. you're a white woman and you're listening to this and you need support and community because you care and you think about these things and that's part of what drew you to this movement is because you care deeply about other humans, you care about healing, you care about disrupting patriarchy. Um, I highly recommend Maisha Hill's book and her community. She mm -hmm. gives tons of information resources on this work. And I think it's really, um, it really intersects with this work beautifully, you know, because again, yeah. I think pussy is about healing. I think it's a, it's yeah. a spiritual healing journey. It really is in reclaiming these things. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, and, you know, I do, and just, I mean, you have been speaking to this, but I do just want to like, yeah, spell it out and just make it so, 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 so clear that pussy and pleasure is not about staying in your comfort, right? That pussy and pleasure, like the real true strength there is holding us in this discomfort. I mean, we cannot, if, if we are just going to try and stay comfortable in our lives, we are going to not grow and reach our potential like that. Yeah. For, for sure. We are not going to um, make movement in, in changing the world in ways that we want to see. And so that is one of the reasons why I say that pussy is such a powerful tool for us being able to create and put out into the world what, what we want and what we want to see and what we believe in is because she helps us, holds us through that discomfort. And so I do, I want to just kind of give just like a real quick little, little exercise that somebody can, can do actually just like in this moment after this call of like, how can you use pussy as like a way of, of grounding in? Um, and then I'm also curious, um, after I, after I share that piece, I'm, I, I love that you just gave us that, that resource for Maisha Hill, for her book and for her community. Um, and then I'd also love to ask you, like, if somebody does just like, you know, this conversation has brought up a lot for them, I'd love to, maybe if you had a kind of a tangible step that you could offer as well. Um, but, but coming back to, to pussy and holding us through our discomfort, um, one of the things that makes discomfort unbearable and that makes us really want to avoid it is when we get caught up in the stories that the discomfort is bringing up for us, right? So in this case of white fragility, so we, shall we say that somebody is inviting you into a conversation that feels highly uncomfortable, right? And you get all of these feelings, these sensations that come up in your body and we're like, ooh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to feel this. And what's the story? Like, oh, the story is like, oh, something's wrong with me. I did something. She's going to come and criticize me. She's going to say something about me. And, I'm, and, bad. I, yeah, I'm, I'm bad. Wrong. I'm, wrong. I'm, yeah, like, I'm bad and I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm bad. I'm wrong. I'm like these core I'm wounds. Stupid. I made a big mistake. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'm not going to be 
loved. She's not going to like me. Like I'm a terrible person, right? We get I'm going to get in trouble. Other people are going to see me as a bad person. I'm going to be judged and then othered. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so those, the, those thoughts of the discomfort brings up, we're like, oh my gosh, that is dangerous. Like I cannot sit here in this discomfort and go through this, this experience right now. And so, and so the tool that I want to give you here, and, and you may actually need to go back and listen to some of, um, some of my previous episodes to really support you in this. I, I recommend the pussy power episode, um, to really create, because really this, this works best when we already have a relationship with pussy, right. And we already know how to anchor some safety into her. Um, but, but breathing into your body, even like, let's, let's actually just take pussy out for a minute, just because that can be, you know, challenging for people, even if you're not breathing into your pussy breathing into your body and just being present with the sensations on a sensational level, right? Instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm bad. I'm wrong. Like, oh, what's going on? It's like, wow, I feel tension in my solar plexus. I have butterflies in my stomach, right? And so really breathing into the sensations, just feeling them as sensations and, th- and then this is where we're going to bring pussy in. Pussy's going to come in through some <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> and then just even doing, it's just like finding some small movement that is, feels nourishing to you. So maybe stroking the palm of your hand, right? Things that we can do that are unobtrusive, right? So even if somebody was literally in front of us having a conversation with us and we were yeah. feeling nervous, we can like stroke the palm of our hand, right? So we're feeling our sensations. We're not attaching to the story with them. And we're just like giving ourselves some gentle pleasure or soothing. And just being able to sit in that, that's, that's all, that's all you have to do. Like that is how we can move through our discomfort. And when we can just sit in that for however long it might take, like it's, it's going to move us through it into a way that we can move in an empowered way. When you tell that you share that exercise, I'm just giggling inside because my 10 year old daughter was trying to help me record on my new vlog video camera for YouTube. And I was getting all twisted up and like disembodied and in my head, which is rare for me, but it's different than like an iPhone. And I was just letting it get me all twisted in a way that like she picked up on right away, like mom, you're, you know, so she literally stops me in the middle of us trying to record. She turns to me and she says this like deadpan, completely like an everyday comment. She goes, mommy, did you know that your pussy has a heartbeat and you can feel it? She's like, shh, just sit, mommy, sit and she, she calls it a cuckoo because it's like our Spanish nickname. She's like, listen, listen, just sit still and feel your cuckoo on the chair and just stay calm and you'll feel your heartbeat down there. Oh. And it was like, I stopped and I did it with her and I just started crying. And I was just like, she's such a natural pussy queen. Like she gets mm-hmm. it so intuitively, so naturally. She just gets it. You know, mm-hmm. she'll just stop me like that and get me to slow down and connect with pussy, you know? And I just, first I cried. And then of course I laughed. And then I think I might've even texted you. Cause I was like, I have to tell somebody. And I was like, who am I going to tell this to? That's not going to think like, this is crazy. Right. Cause this is a 10 year old child talking to her mom. I'm like, Oh, I'll just text Jenny. I truly feel, I mean, I get so many like story, like pussy, pussy stories in some way where, where people are like, I just, I like, you're the only person I could think of to tell. I'm going to send you this. 
And I'm so honored. Like, please send me your pussy stories. And I freaking loved that story. And so, yeah, let's please let that be the practice that people take, right? As you know, practice what I just said, but like, yeah, sit on a chair, feel your pussy against the chair, get quiet, get still and like feel the heartbeat. I freaking love yeah. I, I can't yes. wait to meet your daughter one day. <laughs> <laughs> so my dear Bridgette, um, what about, do you have any other thoughts or things that you would want to invite somebody into if they're getting all, if, if the thoughts are swirling, the feelings are swirling from this conversation that they've been tuning into with us? Um, is there anything that you would like to offer? I mean, I'm always available for conversations and connections. And I can really, I can, I just say that that is like so true. Like I am always yeah. so in awe of you and like how all of the conversations that you are just initiating and inviting people into it's, it is true. You're yeah. I mean, I'm available. I'm open. You know, people can DM me on Facebook or they can WhatsApp me. I'm happy sharing my WhatsApp number. I love getting inquiries from people, you know, around this work. And, you know, the work that I do is really, again, at the intersection of speaking our truth and selling and doing business in ways that feel good because we're not playing small and watering down our truth. And along with that comes the danger of not pleasing everybody, saying things that are going to piss some people off. And there's the inner work, which is unhooking and this is the essence also of unpacking whiteness and, and supremacist ways of being unhooking from fucking everybody needing to like us mm. from having to be perceived as good and keeping the peace and being sweet and polite and palatable, mm. like fuck that shit. Mm. You know, we can speak our minds. We can speak our truth. We can be disruptive we can be loud, we can be boisterous, we can be wild, we can be slutty, we can be angry, and we can still be great fucking humans mm -hmm. and do such good shit in the world and be so imperfect and embrace the intersection of all that imperfection and be in a journey of healing, but not make it that we're broken or that we're imperfect, unwounded, that we're just in progress, that this is the human journey that this is how it works, that this is normalized, that this is, you know, I'm using words that all of my colleagues and mentors have used over and over again. Lisa Denon Young, Trudy LeBron, all these liberation women are just talking this fucking truth that we need to listen to, which is like, normalize it, feel it. It's okay. Let it go. Stop trying to be something that is perceived as good and perfect because that's where we harm ourselves and other people mm. when we're stuck in that pattern. Mm. And so if we can all just accept that we're imperfect humans and that we are connected and that we do get to grow and fumble forward together in community. And if we can get comfortable with relying on each other and knowing that we need each other and healing from this wound of separation and individualism, that is the absolute curse of supremacist culture and capitalism is to divide us and separate us and condition us and brainwash us to think that individually we matter more than the collective, that we're somehow separate or different as humans, that we're not all literally just the same. We're just humans. And that is the absolute fucking truth. But how do we get back to that truth, right? There's work There's to work. get back to that truth. Yeah. 
Mm, thank you so much for this, Brigitte. I mean, I just am so grateful for you on so many levels. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I will, I will really share too that it was, you know, it was like a few years ago when I was really facing my own white fragility in this, in this place, you know, definitely falling under those categories of like, well, I just want everyone to like me. Like there's definitely a side of, I mean, I'm obviously, there's definitely a very strong disruptive side to me. <laughs> like I've always had this disruptive revolutionary side to me. And also I have so strongly those pieces. Yeah. That are like, well, but I also just really want everyone to like me. And I want everyone to know that they're like, that I like them and like, yeah, well, let's, let's just all be good. And I, I found it hard, not because I w- I couldn't sit in the discomfort, but I was just so afraid of saying the wrong thing. I was so afraid of saying the wrong thing and really, yeah. you know, really meeting you and having our conversations, you know, not that I don't, you know, watch or listen or follow to other people, but you and I have this personal relationship where we have yeah. had these conversations together and, and you being willing to, um, you know, to hold the space for me and to love me, even if I do say something that's like a little fucked up and like, you're going to loving me, lovingly call that me into that and like, help me see yeah. that. Right. And so I just want to just thank you so, so deeply, um, for the work you do in, in social justice movements, right. In in bringing real equality and also like the fucking business stuff you bring to the world is just like, so on fire for real, oh, like, mama. I mean, there are, there are business people out there who I do like admire and respect, but like you are the person that I fucking go to for the real thing, because like, Mm. I just know that you bring it in, in such a real and beautiful way. And I also know, because I, I, I trust your values, right? I know that your values align with me. And so I can just, I just so deeply trust, you know, the Mm. things that you're able to bring forth and it just always resonates so deeply with me. And so I'm just so, so delighted to have you on here today. I definitely don't think, I I hope, and I do not believe it will be the only time. (laughs) No. And I, I so appreciate being in relationship with you and, you know, I admire you as a mom and just the things that we're able to connect around that are going on in the world. And that with you, it is a safe place to share feedback, to tell you what I'm experiencing or how I'm receiving something and to not feel my own pussy clench Mm. in my fear of what's the reaction going to be? Is this person going to like fly into a fragile response of like, you're attacking me? Why are you know? And so for me, it's been very, very healing to have a friend like you that I can share these perspectives and feel a hundred percent seen and accepted and you don't make it about me and you don't make it about you and you're able to stay with pussy and you're able to stay embodied and I could see that from day one because our first conversation was rough (laughs) it was a difficult conversation we went there (laughs) but we were there we were in it and we did the work together in it to stay in it to name I'm feeling this way this is making me feel this and like we were just there you know we were both really fucking uncomfortable but we stayed in the discomfort yeah and then look what happened this is the work right Yeah. When the discomfort is held with love and safety, it transforms into something beautiful, but it's fucking started as a conflict. The truth be told, it started as a a conflict. 
It did. It did. And, and, and I will say, you know, the, the, those parts of me that just like, yeah, I want everybody to be happy and, and people pleaser. And like, let me just make sure everyone's feeling good. Right. Like, let me just be clear. I'm not the sort of person who likes diving into this type of stuff. Right. Like, yeah, those parts of me want to stay away from the discomfort. And so yeah. I think that is something else that I just want to like impart. And I think you just so beautifully summed it up in what you said. And, and to be quite honest, you're not the only person that I have. I mean, in this specific lens you are, but you know, other people that I have started a relationship with in some kind of conflict or where something like really big, really conflicting has come up. Yeah. Yeah. And the ability to, to stay grounded in that, right. To stay in communication and connection with someone and to be able to, to move through that together, like there on the other side of that is like, so, so, so much beauty. And that is really what gives me hope. Even when we have like terrible, horrible things happening in the world as there always is. And especially right now, right. When there is so much conflict and there is so much division and it's kind of like, how the fuck are we ever going to figure this out? It's like, I brave into pussy. I hold myself Mm -hmm. through that discomfort. And like, I just know that this, and and then, and then I let that pull myself through to the other side. Right. And it's like, I know that this is the way that we can truly make a change. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yay, mama. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a great conversation. I'm so glad we got to have it finally publicly. Like we've been having these conversations for two years, (laughs) but we were like, we're going to talk about all those things. Let everybody else hear our conversation. Yes, it's so needed. It's so needed. And and we will absolutely put all of your links and contact information in the show notes. But where where can people find you in general? I think I'm I'm most active on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and um yeah, I just I love engaging with people and and going deep and so like I said my inbox is open if you want to find me and share your thoughts on this. I really really welcome if this landed or if you're feeling inspired or called to action around something in a particular way around this or if you want to build a business at the intersection of pleasure and liberation and self-love and joy and personal expression while also making money Mm -hmm. and being resourced and taking care of yourself and having overflow so that you can pay it forward and give from a full bucket, which is the only way we really can give without falling into saviorhood and you want to build a social impact business, then let me know because I'm here for it. Seriously, go check Bridgette out. I mean, you're just amazing. So I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you too. I love you too. Thank you so much for spending this time with me here on the Pussy Centered Living Podcast. If you loved this episode, you can best show your gratitude by sharing it with a friend or sister who would also benefit from this message. And of course, please hit subscribe so you never miss a juicy and delicious episode. And while you're at it, please leave a five-star review so we can get the power of pussy out to as many humans as are ready for it. Thank you, and I love you. Mwah!